podcast is being brought to you by A Better You Consulting, where we help ordinary people achieve extraordinary goals. Would you like help creating a personal development plan to help achieve your most ambitious goals? Contact us today at abetteryouconsulting at yahoo.com. If you would like your business featured on our podcast, contact us at theliferoompodcast at yahoo.com. Welcome to the Life Room Podcast. Real life, real Christians, real struggles. Our mission here is simple. Our desire is for everyone to understand how the Word of God is relevant to their lives. So each show, you will hear a short teaching followed by a brief discussion on how that teaching relates to you in your everyday life. So share with someone and allow God's Word to come directly into your living rooms, your cars, or maybe into your office. Welcome to the Life Room. So let's jump right into today's scriptures. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 38 through 41. God help me, it's killing me. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 38 through 41, New Living Translation reads, Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. One day as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, Put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went out into the field to gather her herbs and came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there's poison in this stew. So they would not eat it. Elisha said, Bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it's all right. Go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. In our text today, we are going to look at one of the many great miracles in the Bible. But what I want you to notice from the start about this miracle is the backdrop to which this miracle takes place. They are in a famine. I believe this is significant for us right now because I know sometimes it can feel like we are living in famished situations where gas is at an all-time high and Inflation is higher than many in our generation has ever seen it. Mass shootings are spreading like wildfire, and hate is literally raging. Sometimes it can feel like we are living in desperate times, but I want you to get encouragement from this text that even in desperate times, our text proves that God can still perform miracles. What is interesting about our text today is that it comes on the heels of another miracle where Elisha, through God, brings the Shunem's woman, son, back to life. He then leaves this place of great joy, likely on a high from a miraculous wonder of God, and his next assignment is in Gilgal, where there is a famine. Isn't that just how life can be? You can be on a high today, and then the next day you can be wondering, how in the world did I find myself in this place? It demonstrates for us the need to not just pray to God when we find ourselves in need, but pray before you get to that place of need. 
background scripture lets us know that Elisha, who is the successor of Elijah, oftentimes had the responsibility of leading the other prophets during turbulent times. In our text today, he has other prophets among him, and good leaders always want to feed those who are among them, both spiritually and physically. And so Elisha is determined to physically feed these prophets who are with him. So he instructs his servant to make some stew for them. In verse 39, his servant gets to work and goes to gather some herbs, but he accidentally picks up some herbs that were poisonous. They were toxic, that had the potential to be deadly. In my first point, I need you to understand why you need God. I have to advise you why I can't afford to live without him. The reason why I can't afford to live without him is because I don't care how careful you are, how saved you become, how filled with the Holy Spirit you are, you will not always be able to avoid danger. Here in the life room, we always encourage you to worship, pray fast, and stay in communication with God. But I'm here to let you know that you can do all of the above, yet there will still be times, despite your best efforts to be careful to avoid certain toxic people and certain unfavorable situations, that you still may find yourselves in a bind. We don't know much about this servant or his relationship with God, but I am sure that Elisha, as anointed as he was, would not have sent him out to get food that they would be digesting if he did not trust that this servant was up for the task. However, despite being sent out on an anointed assignment, he finds himself in trouble when he picks up the wrong thing. That brings me to point number two. Just because you're on an assignment from God does not mean you won't encounter obstacles. Despite what people may tell you, your obstacles don't necessarily mean that the struggle is because you're outside of his will. Now there may be those who may use this verse and say that the spirit of the Lord should have told them that it was poisonous. Well, I'm here to tell you that sometimes God will allow you to be in the presence of what could have killed you, but snatch you out and give you a testimony that I could have lost it all had it not been for his grace. The scripture says that the servant then shredded them, the herbs, and he puts them in the pot. And then verse 40 says, get this, some of the stew was served to the men. Now let me remind you that these are anointed men. These are prophets. But God allows his prophets to eat this tainted stew. Question for you. What do you do when God allows you to experience what you felt like he should have kept you from? See, this is a real life struggle here. Because if we are honest with ourselves, sometimes it's hard not to wonder, God, why did you allow me to go through this? But let's go on so we can get to our last and major point. After these anointed men ate a bite or two and realized that it was poisonous, they stopped. Here's my final point. They did not continue in it once they realized that it was no good for them. Once they realized that something was wrong with this stew, they put their spoons down. It wasn't that they were not still hungry, 
but they realized that what they were consuming was killing them. Don't let your appetite cause you to continue to eat what is killing you. Don't let your appetite cause you to continue in something once you realize that it is not good for you. See, the reason why we sometimes get stuck in cycles is because that thing that we keep chasing after, although it's not good for us, it oftentimes fills a void in our lives. And so it feels good even though it's killing us. It's easy to get caught up going through life filling our voids and we end up draining the life out of our purpose. But what I love so much about this text is that they actually ate what was poisonous. Yeah, I like the fact that they ate what was poisonous, but God delivers them from what should have harmed them. See, the reason why I say I love that part so much is because I can't go back and change my past, and neither can you. There are some things that we have done. There are things that we have partaken in that should have harmed us, but God kept us. Is there anyone out there in podcast land happy that God kept you from things that could have harmed you? See, the truth is, some of the things that God had to deliver me from weren't even things that I got in accidentally. No, some things I willingly did. Knowing the potential consequences, there are some decisions I made knowing that it wasn't the plan that God had for my life. And despite me choosing what was outside of his will, I can testify that he was a keeper even when I was reckless. Paul says it like this, when I try to do good, evil is all around me. What I believe Paul is saying is I'm never too far away from what I'm running from. But what allowed Paul to be successful is that he realized that he needed God's grace and that God's grace was sufficient enough to keep him even though he had thorns that remained in his flesh. See, some of you are screaming, God, take away this desire. And God is screaming back, but grace. Some of you are screaming, God, just remove this person out of my life. And God is screaming back, but grace. See, what Paul discovered about God's grace was that it was sufficient. So when God decided not to remove the thorn, He provided enough grace so that what he didn't remove couldn't overtake him. I'm grateful for God. I'm grateful for his son Jesus that came to redeem me when I was a sinner. So that when I messed up and chose the things that was trying to kill me, I found out that he was a keeper. No matter where you are today, no matter the path that you may have chose, the fact that you are still alive means that God has a plan for you. It means that he has enough grace left to get you through whatever you're going through. What I I want us to do is pray that we be like the prophets who ate the poisonous stew. God, help us to walk away from the things that you show us are not good for us. God, help us to walk away from the things that are pulling us away from you, away from your presence. Help us to walk into the things that will heal us. What was incredible about this text is Elisha does not use something deep or mysterious to make the stew edible. No, God had Elisha use flour to make what was meant to harm them good for them. Listen, 
God wants to show us how to use the things that we already have to work for us. Don't miss this. God performs the miracle, but he uses flour to do it. There are things that he has already given us access to that I believe he is going to anoint so that those things will be the answers to the prayers that you've been praying for. Don't let this go over your head. The thing you need may already be in your life. God is going to show you how to use that special gift that he has given you to make room for you. That's scripture there. Although you may experience the poison, like the prophets who ate the stew, scripture lets us know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I believe the Holy Spirit will not allow you to go but so far before it lets you know that this is not God's plan for your life. But the question becomes, will you listen and lay it down or will you continue in it? God help me. It's killing me. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Salante. And we are your Life Room Podcast hosts. And so today we just want to have a discussion about some of the things that was mentioned um, in our teaching on today in our podcast session. And one of the main things that I really want to discuss is the importance of not remaining in things that God has allowed us to understand that it's not good for us. One of the things that was, I think, very good in the text today was with the prophets. They, once they found out that this, that they were consuming was not good for them, they did not continue in it. They were hungry. And so it was easy for them to, it would have been easy for them to continue to eat it and just, you know, pray, hey, God, don't allow the consequences of eating what I know is not good for me to come to pass. But they understood that even though they had an appetite to continue to eat that, you know, they could not continue to consume this. And I think that sometimes that we can can really get caught up in choosing our appetite over what is good for us, you know, and I'm not just talking, I'm not talking food. I'm talking about just in general in life. It's real easy to, to take more consideration into what we want versus what it is that we actually need. And one of the responsibilities and one of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us is that it allows us to not feel comfortable in things that are not God's will for our lives. But even though the Holy Spirit does that, there comes a point where we can continue to ignore it and just continue to allow that voice to get smaller and smaller until we become more comfortable doing things that God has shown us was not good for us. Would you agree with that? I do. I think something that you said is is pretty vital Um, is familiarity. A lot of times when we have done something for so long and we've come so comfortable and accustomed to doing that thing. And then when the Holy Spirit, you know, comes and says, you know what, I really need you to let that thing go for whatever the reason is. Sometimes that's a really hard thing to do. And I think we think in our mind, well, God, I've been doing it all these years. Why are you just now telling me to stop doing this? Or if, you know, uh, my, my brother over here. 
you know, he's saved, but he's doing this. Are you not telling him to do this? And so a lot of times we like to, we, we like to try to pick and choose. Okay, God, but that's not bad because I'm not doing X, Y, Z. And so it becomes one of those things like where you said, when God tells you to stop, do you stop? Or do you just want to hold on and say, okay, but God, you know, I've been doing it for so long. It hasn't hurt me yet. Why now? Absolutely. And one of those things that I think kind of, you know, really intensify what you kind of speak uh spoke uh just a second ago was comparison we we like to compare where others are and what others are doing and that should never be who we're comparing ourselves to because one of the things about the holy spirit is the more we mature in christ the the more the voice becomes more clearer and you can be doing something i mean you can be saved and you can be doing something for years and it never brings you any you know, you know, qualms about it. It doesn't make you feel uncomfortable or whatever. It's not necessarily, it's just that you may have not really understood the deepness or, or what it really was. But a lot of times as we begin to mature, the Holy Spirit begins to show us things that he would rather us not be a part of. I think of Paul, um, when Paul is kind of having a conversation with some of them about, you know, the, the eating of certain things. And, you know, and Paul begins to speak of, how is it may not be beneficial, you know, and so sometimes the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants us to be able to work at our best because when we are where we're supposed to be, that's when we are able to lift God up and our light can shine and we can really fulfill our purpose. And so the, the Holy Spirit comes to help us to fine tune ourselves. And, and, and that's what happens as we begin to mature. We, find, we begin to become fine tuned and certain things that didn't used to bother us now it becomes more to the light where God allows us to see, hey, that, that's not that's not necessarily what is what is beneficial for you in order to be able to fulfill the purpose that I have for your life. So I think that is um, so, so very important. So it is so important that we like I indicated, do, you cannot trust your appetite. You cannot. You just absolutely, absolutely cannot trust your appetite because your appetite will lead you down some roads that you don't want to go. And so it's so important that we, we we cannot trust our appetite. I absolutely agree with you 100%. But the biggest thing is, like you said, it's being led by the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times, especially when you have been so accustomed to doing something, whether it's in a group setting, um, it's friends, it's family, it's people that you grew up with, and you've done these things together for so long, but when God has called you out, then sometimes we get stuck on that. Uh-oh. So now who do we listen to? Am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit? Or am I going to listen to my mom or my dad or, you know, my friends or whomever else that I've been traveling down this road with? But then you have to say, okay, God, if it's not right for me, then you bring me out. But then also allow me to be a light to those others who might still be there so that they can see. Okay, you know what? And then hopefully and pray that the Holy Spirit will open their eyes as well to why we shouldn't be going down this road and why we need to come out. Absolutely. And I think, and I said it in a teaching that I did in Sunday school recently, where I think, you know, sometimes we, some, some things people will not be able to see until the Holy Spirit shows it to them. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we can become discouraged when we are trying to, to show, get people to see things. And, and sometimes, like I say, if they are not going to be able to see, it has to be the Holy Spirit that shows people certain things. Mm -hmm. And so what I think we have to become more you know, aware of and what we have to do more is we just have to begin to 
pray for people and that they develop a closer relationship with God. Because as they mature, there are just certain things that are going to drop off. There are certain things that you're not going to be comfortable. There are certain crowds you're not going to be as comfortable with. There are certain things, you know, it may be as simple as things you see on TV that you're not going to be as comfortable with the more you become closer and closer to God, you know. And that's just what it is. And, you know, um, so we just have to, to understand that, that the Holy Spirit is a thing that will allow people to to be convicted. It's not it, right. the Holy Spirit does not come to condemn us, but it absolutely comes to convict us. Right. You know, and I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit, and I always pray, God, I don't care, you know, how much I I do something. Please don't let me get to the place of comfortability. Do not let me become comfortable in sin, because there are two type of people. There are people who who are sinning, and there are people who are struggling in their sin, and there are people who are just sinning. Lord, let me be the person who struggle in my sin. Don't allow me to to become to a place where I don't struggle no more. You know, it's good when you struggle because you're fighting back. But there are some times when we get to a place where we don't struggle no more. We just give in and we cannot do that. We have to continue to struggle, you know, uh, with this. Absolutely. And can I just add one more thing before we wrap this thing up for the night? I want people to understand that. Everything in the things that we're talking about, everything that the Holy Spirit might be prompting you to get out of or to stop doing, everything isn't always what appears to be quote unquote sin. We're not necessarily talking about drinking, smoking, clubbing, doing things that the I mean, yes, those things are not what God wants us to do, but I mean, sometimes it can be as simple as being a part of certain things that the Holy Spirit wants you to come out. It doesn't appear to be a sin or it's not a bad gathering per the world's standards but it's not something that the holy spirit wants you to be a part of because it goes against certain things that his word tells us not to be a part of so i want you to always just be careful to listen to that still small voice because it's not always what we deem these quote-unquote big sins absolutely and what i'll say even to add to that is we have to also not look so much for people to tell us what's right from wrong. Right. Because we are, we, we as humans, we always want the, the approval from other people. But the approval from, from people can lead us to a place we don't want to be. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, people's opinions, not a lot of times, most of the times, because a lot of times, even my own flesh of what I want, it does not line up right. with what God wants for my life. I mean, I'm always in conflict with my will versus God's will. Man, Jesus was even in conflict with his flesh at one point before he went to the cross. Where he, he says, Lord, if, if it can, let this cup pass from me. But if it be your will, then Father, I know what I have to do. You know, and that's where we have to be. It can't be, you know, you know, Peter didn't be ready to fight. They were like, no, you ain't got to go through this, Jesus. We'll fight for you. No, you don't have to do this. But Jesus understood that there was a greater will for his life. And sometimes that will will put you at odds with the people who are even in your circle. Mm-hmm. And so it must be, we have to understand. But when I, if I'm right with the Holy Spirit, if I'm right with God, no matter what the world says, then God has us and he will protect us. Absolutely. So Father, we thank you for this Life Room session on today. 
Uh, we, we just ask that you continue to, to allow your Holy Spirit to mature in our lives, Father God. We pray that if there's anything that is blocking us from hearing you in the way that we should, Father, remove those things from our lives, Father. Help us, Father God, to develop the right appetite so that we shall chase after the things that are of God and are of the kingdom, and we shall be able to let go of those things that come to create cycles in our life. We speak against everything that has come, generation, know that has been passed down. We break those things through the blood of Jesus, and we declare that we are free, and we shall be the people that you have called us to be. We thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, Amen.